Yo. What up, Judah? Judah. This is Javis, like um, your host, Javis, like Davis, but with a J. Man, um, I must was too wound up because I was doing the show and I was like 20 minutes in. I guess it wasn't meant to be in because in the middle of the show, uh, it just um, said we recognized the error. We got we had to do a restart. And it just restarted my my thing. So, apologize, shall we? Um, <laughs> we probably weren't supposed to come out yet. <laughs> That's what two gas up it turned it went left field very fast. Uh, so let's try to do this with more calmer <laughs> calmer state. Uh hope everybody having a good day. Today is um May the thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Just the perfect time to use this. <laughs> I guess it's more mystery rather than horror, right? <laughs> bad, bad timing, right? Um no, uh I was um one thing I did want to talk about though um I do feel like um yo I've been um I've been over fanatic since it came out like um the reason I say this is because um um I've been using Uber for it since um since like since 2015 and you know I would have times um this might be the right time to finally talk about this. All right, all right. So the question most people probably ask, basically, is, um, Javis, um, so what do you have against a car? Why don't you have a car? Why is this? All right, and you know you get tired of asking this question over time because what happens is I usually don't complain about not having a car. Um, I get around fine. Uber has really provided um a good service that allowed me to actually move around. Like I did have to do struggle times in between, but um. I can't remember if I said this previously on my show because I mentioned something about it, but um, I don't know if I ever went really in depth about it. So um, when I was younger, rather people believe it or not, um, I had a dream about me dying in a car accident. Um, so I was very anxiety when it came to driving. Um, basically, I had a chance. My uncle really gave me an actual um, real chance um, to get my license. Like um, he was teaching um, my cousins how to do it and I just felt shaky on the wheel I was like man you know like I I, I, I really don't care because I was thinking like you know I didn't know that times were going to change so dramatically in the DMV you know about trying to get a license I didn't know it was going to get so complicated and strenuous you know at that time it was kind of simple like you know you got a parent they're 16 you know you take them up there they get their permit then you can just you know go on and get your license uh, basically um, but it got way more complicated after that um, so I decided. I decided. Um, I decided. Um, I decided um, to go without and go into college, um, not having a car. Um, and I was fine. I was. I came from a walking city, so just like I said, in Orange, Texas, you could walk everywhere. Like I don't know if it's still like that now, but I could walk anywhere to like my grandma's neighborhood, all the way back to my mom's house, and everybody knew each other. Like. You know, it wasn't it wasn't no big deal. Like I was six, seven, eight years old, like walking around like to different, you know, parts of the city. <laughs> you know, it wasn't nothing, you know, because everybody knew each other. Hey, ain't you Uncle Doug's um, um, nephew? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You um, you Lisa's son. Yeah, I know that. I know that. It's your daddy. Um, You know, everybody knew, you know, at the time. So, you know, so it ne- walking never really hurt me like to, like it hurts other people. Like it, it affects them badly. Like, you know, like, oh man, I hate walking. I, I like it. I mean, I don't have the best habits in the world. Like, um, 
uh, as smoking blacks and uh, drinking, I got a good tolerance for it. But um, it ain't the best. It ain't the best habit. It's not to say I just be shit faced all day. I like being constructive. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to sit around all day long. It, it's tiring on your body if you sit around all day long and actually have drunk. Throughout the day, like all day, it, it, that's very exhausting and tiring. And, and it hits you different when you get towards your 30s. People in their 20s, like, yeah, turn up. Yeah, that turn up going to be a costly. Like, you might turn up too hard and you might not be straight for a whole week. You know, so it's, it happens differently when you hit your 30s. Like, you're just going to end up noticing it. Like, you're trying to get up and, you know, you be. You just don't feel feel the same way you used to do when you was 20. When I was like 19, boy, I could party all night. I said, uh, hang out and kick it and go to sleep at like 2 or 3, wake back up at 7, eat a little breakfast, drink drink um, drink um a Sprite, and I'd be good. I'd be right back right back to regular. You know, that was the good old times. I could just really be hyper. Like, you 19-year-olds now be on some, you know, other other type stuff like too too early too strong but time change evolution change drugs change right all right moving on um but no so um i went through college and um i ran into a friend that was that was um at the time um a, a, um a big homie i would say at that time um about, about three to four years older um basically around close to uh, my oldest brother age and um he didn't he didn't have a car you know, basically, um, not to say you can't drive. People, I don't know why everybody think because um, you ain't got a car, you can't drive. I can me- operate a mechanic, uh, operate a vehicle. I just don't do it on a daily basis. So practice makes perfect. So if you don't do it every day, then you come back and try to do something. If you if you knew what it's like teaching people like on a daily basis, you would understand. If you did a, if you taught somebody something and then a month later you try to get tell them the same thing without no recap and they ain't got no practice, they probably gonna drive like that's the first time they ever drove again because. They not doing it on the regular. It's not a normal, um, basically, and which I think is really wonderful at this job. Like I get the chance to operate um, the lifts and the bumblebees, so it's kind of getting me more in the groove of actually driving, like trying to put it in reverse and getting my position in and stuff like that. Stuff I struggled with that I didn't get enough practice with. You know, um, uh, once again, shout out to my, my big bro uh, for helping me all the times you tried. I said particularly at the time we was going through hell and back trying to, you know, get this accomplished accomplished in feet. Um, who else did it? Um, I want to give a shout out to everybody that gave me, helped me try. But the problem is, most of the time, what happened was, I want to give a shout out, say thank you. I'm gonna say thank you, you know, for letting me drive and all of that. But what normally happens is, when you have like a love interest, um, and they're supposed to be helping you on that, they typically tend to use that as a um as a motivating goal to keep you just there it's like a it's like a dream that never will happen like you know you'll drive one one time maybe two then people feel like you're using them that's what i say. i don't like asking nobody for something the same thing for like three times because by the third time it always feels like you're using them and it's like nigga you just told me you're gonna help me get my license but now i gotta beg you to continue to do your, the thing that you ask I, if i promise that if it's the opposite way around and i told somebody i'm gonna help you get their license i'm gonna we're gonna probably practice every day no that's just me like yourself if you have to give me gas you have to give me gas but since i told you that me being the righteous person i am i like to bond by my word you know on it so that's something i would have did but i don't fault any of them i mean they had their own reasons it is what it is but thank you anyway for letting me drive against some practice so you know um only only person i could say consistently really was doing it like that was my oldest brother like i can really vouch for that like like really actually trying you know really trying um oh yeah no sorry um shout out to my brother my other brother tires and denise for that sorry 
Sorry, didn't mean to discount y'all. <laughs> Tanisha, if you really tried, you did, you did. Um, everybody was trying. Um, but anyway, to go back, um, I ran into a, um, an older homeboy um, that actually didn't have a car. You know, and of course he was older than me, so you know he gave me the game and ropes of how getting around. You know, and actually, how you can actually just be, you know, vibing in the, in the same town because Huntsville was just small, kind of it's orange, if not smaller. You know, basically, um, so you can actually move around, you know, and get around without having a car. To other people, it, it sounded terrible to them, but to me, I was like, um, until I get some different notice or get less anxiety about being behind the wheel, you know. I'm not getting, I'm not driving. Like, that's how I felt, like, basically at that time. Um, so, anyway, um, moving on. Um, so, what happens is, what happens is, I go through college and I don't have a car. Um, once again, it's, it's tried once again, but, you know, love interesting. Anyway, um, I finished college or whatever and, um, and keep in mind, like most of my jobs at that time, people are like, why don't you just have a car? Well, it's easy to say that when you actually had financial help. Most people had co-signers, like their parents. They don't like to say that. So a lot of people that talked about me, especially that were younger than me, always said that. But motherfucker, um, if you wasn't working and you got a brand new truck or, or a 2019 or 2020 car, I said, and you ain't never had no loans because remember, I taught my FICO. So remember, credit is about you being a good borrower. So the only way you got good credit like that at an early age is because your parent made you um what they call it um authorized user on their credit card and they let they let it build credit through there. So most people usually get their kid, the child at like a young age, like you know, I don't know how old it is, I can't remember stipulations, but you know, at a very young age they put them on as a dependent as an authorized user. So their name is also built in credit at the same time. If you didn't know, now you know. Uh, basically, so by the time the kid actually gets out and go look for something, they actually got cr- a good credit line. But most of the time, most kids don't. They just got put on cable bills and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, it started you off on a bad um, foot in the first place. But anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, so I make it out of college, right? And this is just for people that always inquire. This is, I get tired. I get tired of people asking me about it and I tell them, but you making excuses. And I'm like, I'm really not. I'm telling you the story of what happened, but. I get annoyed when somebody asks me this, so this is going to be my first and last time really talking about this, like basically yourself, until I really want to get a car or something like that, because I get tired of hearing people tell me why, what I should and shouldn't have, you know, and in college, you got to remember, I was making, let's see, first it started out in the college hotel, I was making 655 that wasn't no real money. I was surviving by myself. The only way I was living by through refunds. Like basically, I had to pay rent. I'm more responsible. I'm not going to stunt. I'm, I'm going to go pay rent. You know, so uh, fuck what you talking about. I can walk and move on my own. That's why the reason Yahweh gave me feet. And I made it through college walking the whole time. So, you know, screw y'all. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, so, you know, you, um, you finish college or whatever. And you come back to the real world, basically. And, of course, I didn't have a job for a year, so that wasn't going well. Then student loans start coming in, um, basically, and adding up more and more. So you finally get a job, and your job, you only get making $9 an hour. You know, basically, you just you ain't had money in so long, so you're just getting on your feet. Now you got to realize in the real world what it's like you've been around family and friends, and you finally been the extra income that's around. So at first, you can start getting used as the, uh, the credit card for everybody. Like, hey, man, you got um, you got like $40, you got $60, you know. You know, I ain't got, you know, for them, for lacking from what they, what they didn't been around for like the whole year. And it wasn't like people just was just giving me money. Like, it wasn't like 
that at all. Like my whole year, I was out. Like I may, I maybe luckily maybe get ten to twenty dollars maybe the, the one week or so, and that's even more even worse with that because when people feel like in that situation, like instead of actually helping that situation, now they want to do embarrassing shit. Like when they give you ten dollars, pray in your hand. Like you just keep the ten dollars. Like if it was that serious, <laughs> that serious, you could say that to yourself. Like you know, but I say once again, acts of service, tithing, man. People people be messing it up. But um anyway, um you go on um you go on later. Um and you finally start working, so you're trying to build up some income. Then the um the dating world hits you at the same time. So now when you start getting involved and getting cool with these females, now they have these stupid unrealistic expectations of the real world. And this time you not even re- I didn't even recognize really what the dating world was really like. This is around like the 2013-2014 period. So I wasn't really dating like that. Like, basically, like, once again, just like I say, I avoid relationships because I know what most things people ask for. Um, they want to see what type of job you got. Do you have a car and do you have your own place? At that time, I was staying with my mom. So, you know, I'm the second person. I'm not the person paying bills like I am today. Like, back then, I was like, you know, staying with my mom. So, I'm like, I ain't going to try to date nobody. They're going to ask me these questions and I'm, I'm going to look stupid. So, I didn't. Even, I wasn't even trying. But, you know, um, women were trying with me. And what it, what it keep happening is um, people be looking at me like, why, why you don't have a car? And I'm like, well, it's not that easy because when you're trying to save money with people that's not um, fi- financially illiterate and financially um, irresponsible, you know, not the fact that people people that got money teach their kids, try to keep, teach their kids the value of money. Now, lately, it's been going backwards for them. Like they starting to get these, you know, narcissistic um, kids like enabled, like they feel entitled because mommy and daddy can't let go and keep taking care of them, which is not a bad thing. It's good to show love. It's just you don't really grow into an individual until you really had to pay bills on your own and had to actually um, you can't be like, oh, I'm just going to quit the job whenever I want. Like that's because you got to save cushion. If you really had to get it out on your own and nobody really was helping you like that, like you will feel a lot differently. That's for the younger 20-year-olds now that kind of feel so entitled um, about working and, you know, just listening to people and thinking they just, um, yeah, I don't have to work. Forget the job for us. Um, yeah, you should work. A man that don't work don't eat. And you parents are breaking that rule for them. That's why they're so disobedient. That's why they don't listen. I said they lack, they lack discipline. Like, period. Like, sometimes they got to go out to the wolves. They have to learn. Sometimes you got to tell them, hey, I ain't got no money. They're going to have to figure it out. You know, then you see where they stand. But some parents already know their kids so weak. They know if they leave them, they leave them alone for about a week, a week or two weeks, they're going to break. <laughs> but anyway, like, you know, your check's coming in. Your check's only like, you know, I'm making nine thousand hours. So my checks only we get paid every week. So my checks only like four hundred, maybe five hundred dollars. And then of course I'm the second in the household. So whenever my mom needs some money, I gotta I gotta cough that up. You know, you gotta learn about um the outside world. Now you're dealing with you used to be dealing with school parties. Now you're dealing with clubs and strip clubs and sh- shit like that. Shit you never seen before. You know, basically. So now you're dealing with that. Now you gotta learn that experience. You know, and it's not an excuse. Once again, none of this is making an excuse. It's just for people that inquire to ask this question. Of why I don't have a car. This is just what happened. I don't care about people's opinion of me about me not having a car. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, you know, basically. Um. Anyway, um. Uh, so 
you know, your checks are like four hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars. Like, of course, everybody eating you up because you haven't learned how to say no. You know, you're such a people pleaser at the time. You know, and it ain't nobody fault. We all were young at the time, so I'm not mad. I forgave everybody. I'm just talking about past history. This is this is way. This is like almost ten years ago, guys. So anybody getting offended about this, it like, is really stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's old. Uh, I forgave. If I still talk to you this day, we still cool. Everything's great. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm just explaining what happened. You know, um, so, uh, yeah, so you dealing with that. I'm learning about that. So, you know, it reaches a point, you know, now people coming in my household, you know, even though I'm secondary in the household, you know, coming in my household telling me what I should have, where I should be in life, you know, and it was a catch twenty two at that time because Uber didn't exist. So you got to think when somebody keeps telling you, "Oh, you should be working a better job." Okay, where's the where's the job at? Oh, the job the job out there in Dallas. Okay, motherfucker, I'm in Grand Perry. How the hell am I gonna make it back and forth every day? And then the person that got the car is telling you they're not gonna take you. So vice versa or the person that got the car is telling you oh i'm not i, I don't i'm too scared to teach you how to drive or what basically so you're like okay i gotta learn how to drive but i can't drive and then you run into friends that are supposed to teach you how to drive then it's like you more using me rather than actually bettering me but yet you come back and talk about me not having a car you know you this is a ridicule that was going on a long time so i'm dealing with this so i'm feeling all this pressure that okay maybe i don't have a car maybe i should try to get a car you know um you know, so I went off. I exploded, you know, basically. And my brother felt my pain on it. And he really tried, you know, basically. And, you know, it's kind of hard to try to teach somebody, you know, how to drive. And you got a suspended license. You got, especially in Grand Perry. That was a woof. I give him that one. I'm going to give you a clap on that one, buddy. <laughs> boy, we was taking chances, bro. Oh, my gosh. Any time get pulled up, we're going to go to jail. You know, basically, and um, he's trying at the time, you know, trying to help me get my license, and um, I'm and, and during my off days, like I'm walking to, the, I lived up the street from the DMV, so I I walk to the DMV like 50 minutes, you know, basically, and um, go to the DMV, um, and at that time they were charging 35 dollars to take the written test. Uh, come to find out, they were charging 10 dollars extra. That's why the one grandparent DMV don't don't exist anymore. Um. <laughs> They were charging illegal fees, um, basically. But I would have to come in and take the written test. Now you got to take the written test, but there's no book for you to study from. So now I'm freestyling, try to take the written test. If you fail the written test, now I got to schedule and come back in and do it again. You know, basically, especially if I'm only off one time during the weekend or something like that, you know, or certain days, you know, depending if you feel like walking that 50-minute walk, you know. So I'm coming in and I'm taking the test, right? I took the written test about seven times if you're curious about it. Like, and I, some of them are past it. Now I'm going to tell you what, what happened. Now, I think I failed it the first time. The second time I took it, I passed it barely. Um, when I passed it, I had to set up a date. But the grandparent DMV didn't offer um, scheduled scheduled um, times to um, to go. I had to go somewhere different. So the only one I, I knew that was closer that I would, they was willing to take me to was um, the uh, the one off one close to East Chase, the Walmart off East Chase. It's like a DMV like up the street from there. Like basically, um, the big the mega one for Fort Worth. Uh, downtown. Well, not downtown, but just to make a one for Fort Worth. Uh, basically, so that's the only one I could take. So now you got um. Now you got to find somebody that's going to be available for you on a certain date. That's never. That's hard as hell to work because people just don't do right. You know, like whenever somebody's supposed to be doing something for you, I said and, and they just don't have the right mind intent. 
Like, I'm not using you, dummy. You offered my help. <laughs> now when I'm trying to ask you for help, you don't want to help me. You know, so, you know, it's just, it's sad because people, the same people that talk about you, the same people that did not help me at all. Like, keep in mind on that. The ones that called me lame or talked about me not having a car, didn't do no effort. I said in order for me to get in the car, to get get it the right way. They wouldn't me just get a car. I'm like, I'm not getting a car without getting the license. I got to do, I want to do it the correct way. You know, that's backwards thinking. And there's a lot of people that drive without a license now that I know now. You know, back then, I didn't, you know, I'm, I told you I'm like a tiger. When I got my mindset on the goal and how I want to do it, I got to do it how I want to do it. You know, basically, I just thought it through. You know, and if I can't do it the right way, yeah, it's pointless. Um, and remember, at this time, I'm also working roadside at this time. I'm a dispatcher, you know, at this time. So I'm hearing people's disablement problems with their car every day. I'm hearing breakdowns every day and what's going on with cars. So that didn't really make me more confident on wanting to get a car. I'm like, this uh, this is a lot of fucked up things that's going with the money game with the car industry. So, you know, I'm learning a lot about the car industry. And it's time I prayed to know about cars and I end up learning about cars and I started dispatching for RV too as well. So, you know, I'm learning the car game, car industry right at the same time. You know, I'm learning the car industry, the tow industry, um, the dealership. You know, I'm talking to all these people, you know, learning, 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 learning and just seeing the prices and how much stuff costs. And I'm like, this ain't benefiting me right now if my check's only $4,500. You know, so, you know, the next year, um, same time while I'm trying to get to take these written tests and trying to schedule an appointment because I keep having to miss my appointment because a driver's not available or work won't let me off. You know, now that I know now, I would have just called in. Fuck them. You know, now. But, you know, back then, you know, I'm young. I'm, I really wanted a job. I had a job for a year. So I was just grateful to have a job. I, I It sucked not having a job for a year. So I was just like, yes, I got a job. You know, um, and you're stuck in this catch-22 because you want a better job. You know you're better than your job. But how you going to get a job? I said, if you can't make it there. And there's no public transportation to take me to some of these jobs. So I'm like, I'm, I'm caught in the rip. I'm like, catch 22. And then you're trying to, um, get it, get a, get a license while everybody keeps talking about you, but nobody will help you like consistently. And so you're like, okay, this is like driving me crazy. It's like a world of narcissism right now. Narcissism is a trend, you know, basically. Um, anyway, um, so. You know, you go into the next year, then you find out student loans hit. Now you're getting garnished. So now I'm getting hit for a private loan that I got hit, which I couldn't do shit about. And now you got regular student loans because I forgot all about them. You know, so now I'm getting garnished, you know, basically twice out of my check. So I'm paying like child support, basically. So when I'm supposed to really be making $800 check, I'm really making like $580. Like basically, I'm back at the same thing, you know, basically. And of course, you, once again, you the, you the back end person. So you just got to toss out money whenever it's necessary and whenever it's needed. And you know, dealing with women on that, shh. <laughs> you don't never know when that's gonna happen. You know, but you know, basically, that can happen any day, any time. So it's kind of hard to do a save budget because you don't ever know when you're gonna have to be the emergency fund. You know, basically. Once again, it's not an excuse. I'm just telling you what happened. I don't care if I have a car right now. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt me in this day and time. To y'all, it hurts y'all from the outside because you're thinking about your times and how you feel. Me and you are not the same. We're same as a regular individual in person, able to make actions, you know, and choices. But as for your thinking, your thought process in mind is totally two, di- two different things. Most of y'all want a car just to look good in front of y'all peers because you have a car and you have four seats, but you're so afraid of giving anybody a ride or you or you don't even care to give people rides. You know, like, you know, whatever. Moving on. Um, some, a lot of people not grateful for what they got. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, so. Now you're dealing with that. So I'm trying to take this test and keep trying to take it. So I only get two times to really take the driver's test, right? So this is the bullshit, right? 
So I really didn't even get that much practice the first time. But I went in there with confidence. Because uh, I went enough with my brother. I had enough confidence at the time. Uh, I go in there. And the first thing um, we do is the parallel parking. So I get to do the parallel parking. And actually, I do great. I actually go in there perfectly. I'm like, oh, shoot. You know, so the woman gets to making me drive around. So I'm driving. And I'm hitting all the turns perfectly. Signals and everything. Thanks, Denise. Uh, <laughs> hitting the signals perfectly. Like, I'm, I'm driving at a perfect rate. I'm good. You know, this woman that took me to four different four-way intersections, right? And I'm like, this test is way long. I was driving for like 10 minutes, like, but I was hitting everything perfectly. I was like, it's clear I can operate a vehicle. Like, come on. Like, so the fourth four-way intersection that we went to, right, I had to make a left turn. So I was in the inner lane. So I was like, okay, I don't want, I, I don't want to go all the way out into the second, you know, the outer lane because it's gonna make it look like, you know, I'm kind of wobbly. So I got to try to hit this inner lane. The problem is on that inner lane, it was at, a, it was at a decline, so it looked like it was like a hill, like going down, but you couldn't see the line until you finished turning, you know, basically. So, you know, I turn and the wheel hit the line a little bit. I get over because of course it's traffic, it's traffic cars coming. So obviously, human nature, you're gonna move over to the right. I mean, I just have to get adjusted in the lane, you know. And we get back to the um, we get back to the thing, and she was like, "You did good on this, you did good on that, you did good on that, but you hit the line on this one, so you failed the whole test." I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me," you know. So I was devastated from there, you know. Basically, um, so you know, yeah, I was I was devastated from there or whatever. So you know, you're not feeling good and self esteem on you know driving at this time. Keep in mind, I'm dealing with a lot of other stuff at this, at this present time. Like at the time, so you hearing this all the time, you you know you don't have no car and stuff like that. Then you also, you know, never mind. I'm not even touch on that right now because that that really that that situation didn't go right. But um, anyway, um, anyway, so you get the second time to take it. So second time, I was kind of beefing with a uh, person I considered a real good friend at that time. Turned out she, man, what a fail. Um, but anyway, uh, moving on, um. I end up um, taking it the second time. So I see this girl, right? Uh, I see this, I see this black girl, and she look kind of cute. So I'm like, I'm telling myself, oh, that's my instructor. She's like, all right, you gonna get somebody? It's gonna be um bad. You better you better hope she don't come here. And she turned out to be my instructor. Um, um destruction warning comes before destruction, as usual. So she gets in the car, slams the door. I'm like, damn, this don't feel like a good drive at all so of course you could use if you drive you can feel anxiety from the other per- person on the other side that's usually how i feel when i'm driving especially if you won't be watching me um so we get in the car and we're um we're driving right um i didn't sleep well the night before um no excuse but we didn't do the parallel parking first we went straight to the road so i was like okay skipping that so okay maybe i'll be more prepared afterwards um i do my first turn we get up to the light so we're at the light right and I don't know if you if you ever had this happen to you. I'm pretty sure most people have. You ever looked at an object and you were tired and you just start staring at it for a second, like you you kind of go into a mode for a second, like it's like a it's like a freeze mode for a second. And you know the light just turned green, you know basically, and somebody honked, put on a signal, made the right turn. She started guiding me. We go all the way back to the DMV. I'm like, why are we going to the DMV? She's like, you impeding traffic, bitch. I was like, bro. So this is months in time frame. I got to set up all these meetings. Like I got, like this is between months and months of time frame. So all of this has happened like within a year. Like basically, while I'm dealing with this shit, I'm like, yo, bro, this is getting on my nerves. Like 
you know. Then the third time I went, or whatever for the driver's test or whatever. So seven times written, three times once the driver's test, right? So the third time I go, um, basically, um, I had a charge I had back in the day. I beat it now. And so it's easy for me to talk about. It. I had a, a possession of marijuana charge a long time ago, like way back in like when I was in college, you know. Um, but um, yeah, like so they had a warrant out for it. So when I went to court at that time back then, they told us um. Uh, which I thought was shady. Like the bailiff came out and was like, um, "If I call your name, you're not gonna be in court today. We'll contact you." And I was like, "Okay, so do you know when I'm get contacted? Or when should I see some information or not? No, we will just contact you." I'm like, "That's okay. We not no resolution to this." And I graduated from college and I left. You know, so they sent it to the wrong address apparently. Um, basically, so they had a warrant out for my arrest, and I never thought nobody in Huntsville would be able to reach you know from there. But I may mean, am at the DMV, so. You know, duh. You know, my my ID or whatever. So I'm in the chair, and as soon as I come up to the chair to um get eye tested and all of that, it's the same damn girl that failed me. And I, the look on her face was priceless. Because you could tell she looked ashamed of what the fuck she did to me or whatever. But as soon as I sat down with her talking to her, cop come from by me. Uh, let's take a walk all the way to the back. At this time, my mom don't even know about you know my um. My my charge, I beat it myself. I paid my bond out. I did it all by myself, uh, basically. But um, my mom don't know. My mom actually is the one that took me up there to actually do the written. I think I think it was do the written test, uh, basically. And um, yeah, the the sheriff. And fortunately, the dude that that detained me was really cool because he was trying to get in touch with the office down there, but nobody was answering the phone. And you know, he telling me, asking me. I told him I went to school for criminal justice and yada yada yada. And he's telling me, you know what, look, he was like, um, you're not going to be able to drive nothing or whatever. He was like, but you do have a warrant. You need to get this taken care of. I'm going to let you go right now. I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, or whatever. So I get in the car, and I have to explain to my mom this whole charge that I had a whole long time ago, you know, like, not the greatest moment, you know, itself. And I, That's why I say when it's something is meant for me, it's not that hard. So when I'm having these stumbling blocks and these roadblocks are blocking me, Yahweh knows, like, no, you don't need this right now. It's going to be a distraction or you're going to get yourself killed. Now, I already knew it. Like, cause I wouldn't have did nothing good. If I had a car, like, between these ages of 24th, it wasn't going to be nothing going. I would have been getting used so much. I would have been going on useless days, going to so many women's houses. It would have been, it would have been, man, unnecessary errands, like, users that don't want to, that, that don't, that really want a car but don't want to work to get one. You know, that's the difference. I don't really care. Once Uber got created, I was like, Y'all done fucked up. Now, I can call a ride at any given time. I don't have to act, worry about it, depend on y'all. You know, because I was dealing with stupid shit like, when you're doing roadside, um, dispatching for roadside, like people getting towed and stuff like that, um, they got a silly rule to where you got to finish out the call. So you never can get off on time. Like, if you, especially if you're doing RV calls, because only certain people can do it. You got to negotiate prices and stuff like that, which I felt was kind of highly unfair. Like, if you want to stay and get overtime, I think you should, but you should be able to give that call to someone. Like, that's ridiculous that people used to have to stay. Like, it's, it's still probably like that today. But I felt like that was always a ridiculous rule. Like, it should be a 10 minute rule. Like, look, if you offer call on this 10 minutes for your shift, you can go and prep to sit, sit down and shut all your stuff down and you can go and clock out. You know, within those last 10 minutes because I'm getting stuck and I can't do nothing about it because I got to still make calls, still try to find people. So I have times where, you know, the people that give me a ride, we stayed in the same apartments or the same place, you know, basically. And, um, 
you know, they getting impatient and can't even wait 10 minutes. Go all the way back home. Now I got to wait 30 minutes after I'm off. Like, it's my fault. <laughs> Just for them to come back and come get me. Like, you know, I was dealing with shit like that. Like, it was, that was highly annoying. So Uber was really a gift for me to have, like, basically at the time. So I think a lot of people still stuck in, like, the 90s and and the early 2000s. Like, this is not that time frame, bro. We got Uber, Lyft. You got Via. Like, it's different now. Like, you don't have to have a car. Like, why I'm getting a car so I can pay car note, insurance, warranty, um, tags. Uh, let's see. Let's see what else I'm paying for. Uh, any disablement that happens, gas, you know, like, it, you know, do you say how much tires cost if you have to get all your tires replaced? Like, you know, and the bill just don't fit. Like, for me in my life, in my financial setup, it, it don't fit. And there's nothing wrong with people having a car, but you need to stop criticizing people that don't. You don't know their story and what happened to them in life. Like, everybody's situation is different and it fits differently for different people. Just because somebody don't have a car don't make you better than them. That's the stupidest shit. I've, I, don't, I don't know why so many women believe that. Like, you know, it, it's, it's men that probably believe that too, but women are not looked at like that by men. Men don't come in and relationship. I mean, now they do that now. Everything since the Kevin Samuels thing hit, and you know, it's arrogant dudes do that. You know, now if you're trying to marry somebody and y'all trying to create an LLC like a marriage, you know, and come into a business, then I get it to a certain degree. But the only reason I see me really having a car is if I was building a family. Like if I had kids and I had to take them diapers and like I had to go do random emergency stuff, then I see the next excess for a car. But as of now, I got to worry about me just getting around. So me getting around, why are you so worried about what I'm driving or not? I don't need a car. I don't even understand why people, um, I don't even see, understand why people drunk drive anymore. Like, it makes no sense. Like, you're risking a DUI, you're risking you getting a car accident, which is, I don't know if it still is, but it, at the time when I was in college, drunk driving was the number one killer, leading killer in, in the U.S. I don't know if it still is now or not. I haven't looked it up in a long time, uh, basically. But um, it's sad. Like, people programmed. Like, they get so intensified and anxiety. Like, you got to know the difference between broke and bum. All right? A bum dude is going to keep asking you for a ride. They don't ever want to give you gas. I said, he going to actually use your car. I said, first of all, that's somebody else's possession. I don't ask to use nobody's shit at all. Like, basically. Now, if you want me to drive it, I can drive it. But you should you should also be present at the time when I'm driving because you know I don't have a license. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, uh, but it's just crazy. Um, it's crazy the hell I went through just with not having a car. That's why I said I'm done with the dating. It gets on my nerves. I'm just, I'm just tired of it. Like, I pay bills great. I'm very great financially. Like, you know, it, it, it's, it's sad. Like, it's sad how people view people in the world. Because I'm like, I never needed you before I met you. So why do you think I need your car? How do you think I get to work every day? Stupid. Like. What makes you so valuable? Because you're driving around. Like I'm an introvert. I'm not an extrovert. Extroverts like to get out and go around places. I'm, I'm more of you call an introvert by heart. I'm really an ambivert because I can adjust to socializing with people. I say outside when that's necessary and needed. You know, thanks to you know, as for um, learning more leadership, dealing with organizations. When I was in college, um, and um, you know, learning how to speak, learning how to speak to people, like basically. But I'm really at home. I'm an introvert. Once I get home, I'm okay with being at home. Y'all like to go out and go clubbing and partying, and that that's I'm past that phase. If I'm gonna go out, I want to go somewhere constructive, like you know, like and it's and it's sad because even for your birthday, like you know, people. 
this is what kills me about people like in general like because there's there's no empathy in humanity anymore because no matter how good of a friend or how great you've been to somebody you can't put your faith in man because they like they always tend to forget people forget how great of a friend you were until you leave dads then they wondering what happened and not realizing the shit they did in between that time frame you know just like i said like I commuted an hour and 20 minutes like like it's unbelievable what I pulled off actually being a trainer when I th- when I think about it now being being back a worker and the reason why I say it is unbelievable because um, I was commuting when I first moved into this apartment that I'm in now I was commuting an hour and 20 minutes because they just started um, look at the favor that Yahweh was set up even though he know I ain't got no car I moved all the way out here in my place I'm already in downtown Fort Worth. Um, if people in uh, DFW know uh, where Trinity and 360 is that's where I used to work so I used to be commuting from bus to train an hour and 20 minutes every day and back you know and I didn't think much of it when I was doing it until like um, about a year ago one of the bus drivers when I was explaining to her and telling her what I like you know how I commute she was like oh so you commute three hours a day and I was like damn I didn't even think about it like that. Like, I didn't think about it until she said it, you know, and I'm training classes and motivating people and I'm, I'm traveling an hour and 20 minutes, you know, even when um COVID first hit, I was traveling an hour and 20 minutes back and forth. And to keep in mind, at the same time, I'm still running my experiment and I'm still making people laugh every day. So when you think you're doing what I'm doing, you're not like not the same. Like when I was doing it, I said I really was doing it to people to keep uplifted and, you know, not be depressed and having anxiety. Most of you motherfuckers just following and just looking at what my page was posting and you thinking it's, you know, cute and funny. Like I was really trying. I was really uplifting people behind the scenes. So, you know, in most of my classes that I kept having, they start adding me on Facebook. So my my following grew. This was a time frame that grew. It wasn't no hidden hidden miss. That's why most of you motherfuckers think y'all are doing what I'm doing and you only get one or two likes. You would never be me. We're not the same. Keep saying that. We're not the same. You don't have the same righteous mind as me. But anyway, I was coming an hour and 20 minutes and then teaching classes where people were making 9 and $10 an hour. And I was getting them to stay. How I was doing that, I don't know. It's still people right now because they've been in my class that, that actually stayed. You know? And been with the company. Even though sometimes I said it really could be a shitty place. You know, but I kept them inspired and kept them going, like through my stories and regular, regular travels. And I start finding out towards my last year when I start doing remote classes and I start talking to people in different states. You know, I got to talk to somebody from the, talk to people from the Philippines. Like this is a miracle because I would never go out of my bounds to do this. Like, you know, and Yahweh brought them to me. Like, I started meeting from South Carolina. So, you know, Georgia, you know, Massachusetts, Connecticut, you know, I think I had some people in New York. Um, Cali, um, Arizona, New Mexico, especially Texas. You know, you know, it's by, you know I'm Texas bound, you know me, uh, basically. But um, yeah, you know, that's called favor. Like, he brings energy to me. Like, when I don't want to do something like itself, like, as we're talking to me, people automatically come talk to me. And they love talking to me. And my gold, he know my he knows my golden rule is if somebody's being respectful to me, I I can talk to him. So they usually just do. Like people just come talk to me, and I talk to him, and I be genuine. You know, basically, and the more genuine I am, the more it becomes contagious of my character. So it's very hard when you don't like me. You see, it's got to be out of some jealousy or hate type of thing, because it's like I don't really care what's going on. You're like like I don't I don't deal into people's lives like that, but people do it with me. You know, I get downed all the time for not meeting standards in their head that they feel like I should be meeting, like, which is crazy because, you know, with skin, just like I said, what you eat don't make me shit. 
you know, like, you know, but, um, you know, just, it's just my spill on it. Like, um, basically because you get tired of hearing that. And I feel like that's the only thing you judging me on. Fuck you. I'd rather not even be in the dating world. If that's the whole thing that makes our relationship, cause it's a, it's a, it's an item. It's an item people. Once you lose it, that means the relationship's gone. If that's your top three things, think about what you're saying. If you just date me, you need to have a job, you need to have a car, um, and, and uh, what's, what's, what's the other one? So it's job, car, and your own place. So that means if any of these three things happen, the relationship's automatically over. So God forbid um, um, something happened where um, I had a mother or father that couldn't pay taxes I said or something like that I said and I had to move in with him to help him pay the taxes oh God forbid if I'm not staying by myself cause I ain't you know I ain't balling like everybody else God forbid if I actually have car troubles and my car break down and I don't have a car to move around and you gotta give me a ride to work oh my gosh I'm the bummest dude ever uh, God forbid um, you know like um, let's see money car God forbid um, I make a stand at my job and I actually tell my boss off I said and I actually lose my job oh now I'm a bum that's not a bum, dude. Things happen in life. Y'all got, that mind frame y'all got, that's why a lot of people gonna be single. That's why a lot of people gonna be single. You're not you're not looking you're not looking nothing about nobody's character, you're not looking at person because brother that person that I would make the car. The car don't make me. I'm still gonna be me regardless if I have a car or not. Regardless. You know, and it's gonna be so sad if I, if I do get a car, the chicks that's gonna try to try to talk to me now, I'm like I'm be like, don't be surprised if I say fuck you. You know, and you know that's why I end off on the note. I'm in and off on. Um, hope y'all got something out of it, cause um, I I'm tired of talking about that. Like I'm I'm tired of I'm tired of that. Like I get judged on it, but I really could care less. Like thanks for all the people that lived in different areas that I spoke to in my classes that let me know. I never had a car. I never had a car either. I don't know. I don't have. Thanks for uh, the confirmation. Let me understanding that I'm not alone in this world, cause that got really old. It's it's really old and it's tired. Like. Like if that's what you need to validate yourself to make you you probably a shitty person because you only look into materialism, uh, materialistic and superficial value. But I'm out. Oh yeah, thank you, um, Yahweh Elohim, um, for giving me life on this earth, giving me five senses, and be able to work on walk on this earth and be able to have a job uh, itself. Thank you, Yahweh and Yahweh, for dying for my sins. Thank you, big bro, and um, shout out to Spreaker for letting me be able to have another show. Okay, peace.